What's the quote for today? Mm. One of the most important days of my life was when I learned to ride a bicycle. Michael Palin. What? What What does that mean? That just has the word time in it. Um, It just has the word days in it. It doesn't even have time in it. Just the concept of days (laughs) and life. What does it mean? But why is this like an epic Michael Palin quote? It's just like something a person said. Michael Palin's like, yes, I love my bike. And I agree, Ooh. but, you know, this is just a relatively, relatively normal human experience, I think. I th- yeah. I think the time dot is people ran out of quotes about time. What, like a long time maybe, ago? <laughs> maybe, yeah. it's algorith- <laughs> maybe it's algorithmic and that it doesn't understand, like, it, it's all the word important. Pro- like, it's probably this, not this one person who quote. puts in uh, one quote a day. Like, it's probably, they probably have, like, a pool of quotes. Yeah, I think it goes on like a quote website and then searches words like day, time, and stuff like that, and then just puts yeah. random ones on the website. Yeah, we'll have yeah. to keep investigating that though. Maybe I'll go back on it over the week. <laughs> do, a, do a deep dive. <laughs> just on just to see how it's doing. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do a twenty-minute-long YouTube video on it for some it's reason. Like, hey, what's up, gamers? Today's my time dot is review. Um, <laughs> 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 yep, it it shows the time. Seven out of ten. It's like, yep, pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. Does what it says on the tin. Mediocre UI, but it definitely says the time. Yeah, it says the time right. There's got to be something about this that makes it more accurate than whatever else. I don't know how it works. It clock? also says that. It also always says uh, how much uh, faster my computers clock is than the actual time yeah yeah i imagine it's going it's taking it from like a broadcast from a an atomic clock or something like that and then yeah it's yeah. like uh con uh, not constipating what's it called bloody <laughs> uh, i don't um, know <laughs> for, like, oh compensating like, <laughs> okay mm-hmm. <laughs> you feeling great george i'm very well Okay, cool. Me too. <laughs> I'm glad we all meet together on this day in a state of wellness. Great. I love wellness. This energy would be fine if we were talking about something we all liked, but... <laughs> I mean... Like Carrie Met Sally. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I do really like the movie. I just also think at the same time that the messaging is a bit... Yeah. I think it doesn't matter and I don't care. It's totally fine for you to enjoy it and to not care about it. I'm just saying, for me, it's always like a thing where I, you know, notice these inconsistencies. It doesn't bother me that. It doesn't bother me much. Like, I'd, we have to agree I'd watch to disagree. It I'll write my essay and you'll write your essay. And then we have an academic battle in the marketplace Damn. of ideas. Why, though? The marketplace of like, ideas. I do... I, I say I don't care you say, that if you don't a, write the essay, then I automatically message. win. The only point of disagreement we have is because it's such a minor disagreement. I right? thought you... I did write... I I got distracted with when Hallie met Sari because I thought you would probably disagree with me as well. This was like entirely <laughs> deliberate on my part. Mm-hmm. You are in a fighting mood. Yeah. Ah, uh, Charlotte's picking fights. <laughs> No, I, I literally, I've been fighting inanimate objects today, so yeah. <laughs> I do want to clear this up, right? So we both enjoy the movie, mm. and you know, we both say we don't care 
It's just really the only difference is <laughs> that I say care? it's still there and I don't care, and you say it's not there and you don't care. Ah, so you're Freud's clocking me at this point, I see. <laughs> That's fine. Wait, no, Freud's kettle? Yeah, Freud's kettle. It's yeah, I have no idea is. what you're talking about. Okay, so Freud says it's like <laughs> the liar's gambit where the neighbor borrows the kettle and okay. then when he gives it back to you, it's broken. And first of all, you say that... Well, first of all, you're like, okay, why is the kettle broken? And first the neighbor says, the kettle isn't broken. Then he says, what are you talking about? Uh, I never borrowed the kettle. Mm-hmm. Then third, he says, there is no kettle. What are you talking okay. about? <laughs> I don't know. And what does this have this... to do with, with, with Harry Metzeli? No, this is just an, an, a description of George buying a microphone <laughs> off somebody. <laughs> Well, the point was oh, you're shit. saying that I'm saying that it doesn't matter, but I'm also saying that it wasn't there in the first place. And ergo, I'm yeah. like contradicting myself, so you're like the... Freud's kettle. Yeah. But my point is, I I can't even. I don't know. I've had like three glasses of pims. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> I want pims. Yeah, we even have. It's pretty we good. We have borage in the garden. Borage. You what put is that? Borage in pims. What is borage? <laughs> it's a herb. You're supposed to put it in pims. You put mint okay. in pins you're sane. That, that too. This, is, this word that I don't know is a herb that you're supposed to put in something that I also don't know. So I'm... Pims is like a summer drink. It's like a... It's very British. It's a fruit yeah. cup, so it's like a fruit liqueur gin-based sort of mixery thing. Okay. And you have it with lemonade and like all the fruit you can put in it. Is it good? Yeah. Pretty yeah, good. Really yeah. nice. Very, very nice. It's what you're supposed to drink at, like, Wimbledon and shit. Uh, or watching cricket or something like that. Yeah, your garden party. It's, like, very mm. dumb and British, but it's... Yeah, no, tasty. I don't like it. <laughs> hey, it tastes great. It tastes like tennis. Tastes like summer, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I want to taste the summer. It's... Yeah, every time know. the summer, like, actually arrives, I'm like, does this happen to me this week? I suddenly realized it was very hot outside. Yes, and I was it like, was. What? Mm. And then I realized it's it's the end of June, so it's normal. But like this happens to me every year. I think it's just worse this year because I feel like there was no time between March and June. Yeah. And nothing yeah. existed between yes. those. And so I was surprised. But at the same time, it's almost July, which is also horrifying. It's, yeah. yeah. We all time, yeah. we time skipped. Yeah. It's literally... We've gone into the Animal Crossing um, time bit and we've just okay. put the clock forward. And so time has passed, but it hasn't actually passed. Yeah. Because I, like... I, think, I think last time we said time passes much slower and it feels like last recording took three weeks or whatever. The day-to-day goes slower, but the, like, the time as a whole seems to mm-hmm. go very fast. Yeah, that makes you sense. Sh- we should... See, this is the kind of quote they should be putting on time.is. Yeah. I wish they no. would quote me on time.is. No, this is like when there's a lag in a stream and then it skips ahead because it's been lagging. I was going to say it's like um, in Click where he abuses the um, remote control and so time goes by and the time has still happened but he mm-hmm. has like no memory of it. We, we all know that. Is that the that one with Adam Sandler? Yes. <laughs> is that where like over, over smoothed Adam Sandler? Yes. <laughs> it's the Thinking very- about smooth Adam Sandler now, I have to find a picture. There he is. I found the smooth Adam Sandler again. <laughs> I'm going to send it to you. This is so good. Why is he smooth? Does because this happen they had in the to movie? Like, do it over a period of time. 
So oh, they have to yeah, make him I look young. Yeah, and I remember this. Yeah. This came oh. out the same year as Cars did. That's weird. Wow. I watched it on a bus on the way to like um, <laughs> a residential trip with my orchestra. I like that the remote control says in like big letters what it does. Life menu. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that it's upside down on yeah. the remote. It's like an incredibly misogynistic film, um, but like Doesn't almost he, like, accidentally. Well, he mutes his like wife's really annoying friend who he's like, oh, wow, she's such a slut. And this is why no men want her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this yeah it's Jennifer Coolidge and then it's this whole thing about like his daughter who's a child when he first starts and then he accidentally goes too far into the future and she's like a hot teen mm. oh no question oh, mark no. and then he's like oh who is this hot lady and then it's his wife his uh, daughter and he's like oh, ah! no. yeah why does so much like father daughter <laughs> stuff in American media verge on weird incest because um, they all have an incest fetish, like Dan Harmon. Oh no, does he? Okay. <laughs> yes, he talks about it all the time. It's cool. We love it's him. Fine. Um, oh, no. Very normal. I'm learning He's things today. Famously unproblematic, Dan Harmon. Exactly. You see, if these things <laughs> exist man. in my brain, they have to exist in everyone else's brain, so you're welcome. Mm. Yeah. I wish I Thank had you. a remote control so I could mute my <laughs> podcast co hosts when they have bad movie opinions. <laughs> I mean, you actually do have a mute button where you can mute your co-hosts on Discord, but... That is true. Aren't you just being like Adam Sandler and just muting women, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Janosch is silencing women. Oh, cancelled. I'm going to fast forward where this podcast has 50 episodes out already. (laughs) going to start writing the call-out post. Yeah. I'm always yeah, writing a blog gonna... post. I have files on all of you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh well. Yeah. Should, should we start the podcast? I know. We, yeah, haven't, let's, like, we haven't got to twenty clap. minutes yet, so I am <laughs> no. starting to feel like all the podcasting juices that I have are being like physically removed from me day after day. Like, all your juices. Yeah, all my podcast juices have been drained, leaving me completely dry. Um, so I'm sorry. So there's nothing. So there's like... nothing left. Yeah. What, what are you without your podcasting juices, Charlotte? All my approachability and like you know engaging talking stuff, which I know wasn't really that much of a <laughs> of a presence in the first place, has now been stripped from me, and all that's left is just bitterness. Um, you used to be a wonderful cup of of pims, but now you're just a big cup of borage with no pims. Only borage. I okay. still don't know what borage is, but okay. It's a herb. I'm, I know. It kind of I like fans are going to love that metaphor. It's kind of, sp- <laughs> it's kind of spiky. Um, I was going to go off on this juice metaphor because this, like, this is like that, that classic uh, theory of the body juices, right? So everybody has like... Uh, and the humors. Yeah, everybody mm, has. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of the humors that's flowing through uh, your body as juice, and one of them is podcasting. <laughs> but theoretically, if you have four humors and you have four podcasts, then your mm-hmm. humors should be balanced. Mm. Which which humor is this podcast? Each podcast just takes from the podcasting humor, so actually, it would okay. just deplete the podcasting humor. So far, Whoa. that it's unbalanced, and the other humors are far, far too present in the body. In your oh. podcast, rewind. you got too much blood now. Yes, okay, exactly. so classically, classically, the four humors are blood, yellow yep. bile, mm-hmm. black bile, 
Yeah. And phlegm. Yes. Phlegm. Yes. Phlegmatic. That yeah, they correspond Caleric. to like ma- be, to be melancholic, phlegmatic, sanguine, and choleric. Choleric. Yeah. Do you remember when people on Tumblr used to like list their INTFPJ thing, <laughs> and then they would also list their humor? Wow. Well, if you go on Was if you go on thing? TV tropes, you can yeah. feel characters' uh, humor designation. Damn. Yeah, people people would put on their bios like choleric. <laughs> I'm sanguine. Damn, I have too much blood. That's that's so 17th century though. I know. It's, it's more it's than like... that. It's like Galen. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's Galen. Older, like, it's Roman it, at least, I think. People believed it was really like up to the 18th century until they yeah. Uh, yeah. for sure, yeah. Uh, yes. Discovered neural systems. <laughs> They were like, maybe having too much blood is not a normal issue to have. Mm. Maybe you can't just <laughs> jizz into a pile of horse manure and a small homunculus will come out. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it does. So. Yeah, I've been trying for so long. <laughs> not much else to do in the country in the 17th century. <laughs> or now. But this is like absolute brain genius stuff because... According to Wikipedia, these were like in in ancient Greece also connected to like elements and organs. So I, blood mm. is also connected to the element of air. Now guess which organ that would be connected to? Lungs. Lungs. Liver. Heart. Oh yeah. Well, no, because uh, that makes sense because they used to believe the liver was like the center of the body. Um, oh, it, like, yeah, like the where we of the think soul. of like brain or heart, mm. liver was like where the soul was. So I kind of get like blood being like vital, but air seems dumb. <laughs> now lungs, on the other it's hand, red, is like connected fire. to the element of water. So mm. that, that seems like happy. the opposite of what you want. <laughs> is is lungs and air for phlegm? Yeah, lungs is for lungs is for phlegm and because I kind of uh, get that and water yeah, and liver is for blood and air. So because mm. I guess phlegm is like lung water. Yeah. Mm. Then <laughs> I hate <Where's> choleric. <laughs> oh, come on, we need to hear them all now. This is this is a humans podcast. <laughs> I would okay. love that. C- choleric. They're also connected to seasons of the year. This is like that one Nancy Drew mystery. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, choleric is connected to the season of summer, the ages of youth, the element of fire, and the organ of gallbladder. Ah. Oh, everyone's favorite organ, the gallbladder. Like, mm, sorry, I can't really get on with people if they're a gallbladder person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm choleric, naturally, so I hate bio. the wind. I'm, I'm, I'm gallbladder rising. Um, I'm a bit of a phlegm guy. Who <laughs> <laughs> is it these days? I hate it when my lever is in retrograde. Uh, <laughs> well, we've lo- we've lost well, all the the new age section of our audience now. Yeah. They're, oh they're oh no! Come back. <laughs> Go back to Glastonbury. <laughs> they can't, George. Don't be cruel to them. <laughs> I, the, I mean the town, which is like ninety percent crystal shops. <laughs> I mean, I know, but they can't travel. A, there was um, a special mm. on the BBC where they just played a bunch of old Glastonbury sets. Um, yeah, my mum's been watching it and falling asleep to it in the evenings. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there's like a bunch of people recreating Glastonbury in their gardens, and it's like, why are you such a Glastonbury 
fan, you know? Like, I can understand <laughs> liking the music, but what's the point of pretending you're at Glastonbury if you're not at Glastonbury? Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's Festival so weird, culture. This is yeah. a classic displacement in capitalism, where <laughs> instead of liking Ooh. the thing, you like the institution. You like the branding, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, people aren't like, oh, I miss going to a festival. I'm going to pretend like I'm at a festival in my garden. They're like, I'm going to pretend I'm at this one specific festival. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's getting drunk in a tent that's fun. Not not, not that because it's called Glastonbury. Yeah. Mm. Every time I see Glastonbury and I see that enormous crowd in front of the stage, I imagine being in the very centre of it and just having a panic attack. It, it yeah. looks pretty bad. I don't ever want yeah. to go there. I'm like, what if you need the toilet? You could never get out. You would be stuck there. You'd be crushed by all these people. It sounds like Yeah, I would hate to be in like the dead middle of a gigantic festival crowd. Yeah. My I've mom, never been to a festival. My mum once accidentally threw my brother's Glastonbury tickets away. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my God. Did he like get them back? No, she, she realized what she'd done and she went, she like drove back like the next day and they were still in the bin. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I know that's like, awful. It's like 150 so quid or something. Oh, it can't Oof. be 150. It must be way more because it's like 200 oh, to get I'd a probably. green man. Oh really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Damn. I am. Um, I only paid for it once, and then the second time, my uh, Lily had a free ticket because she had an art installation. So oh, best nice. to have artist friends. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I I liked. Uh, I think it was Hussein from Trash Future tweeted that like. He, he'd always seen Glastonbury as Hajj for um, for the home counties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a sort of status signifier, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's not even like, can you even be a real hippie and go to Glastonbury? It's like fake middle class hippie. It's, it's not it even a hippie. Like at one the... point and then stop being that after. Yeah, that's that's big. what I mean. It's like now it's become like a, like a status thing rather than just a thing that people do as like yeah. a, fun, a fun day out. I mean, also yeah. Glastonbury is up. like, it's not hippie music. It's like Coldplay. <laughs> well, it was Stormzy last year. I think I mean, Coldplay that's kind of fun, used to I don't be think hippie that's music hippie. at one point. Yeah. Or like, you know... Oh my god, they were showing clips and they, they had fucking Oasis and he's such a dickhead. Um, Oasis man. You know, the main one. Yeah, There's the only two, of, two them. of them, right? Yeah, no, ne, Noel. Le- Liam? Noel. Noel. Noel or Liam. I think... I don't know. Cause, the one who sings. Because I think, I think I Noel quit at one point and then Liam still continued to be in yeah. Oasis but nobody liked it because Noel was the guy who wrote the songs. Yes, exactly. They apparently always hated each other, which is very funny. Are um, they brothers? Yes. Oh, I, I, I actually love the uh, Gallagher brothers uh, whole whole like relationship thing. I think it's extremely funny. Yeah, it's good. Being in what a very successful band Gallagher with your brother who you hate. But he was. Yeah. There's this video of him at Glastonbury, and he's like deep throating the mic. I'm like, please take it out. <laughs> oh, that's just like that's Some just like his style. Some person has to hold that. <laughs> It's like Liam, on his nose. Liam, yeah. Liam Gallagher just has like his own way of singing into a microphone. My favorite video on the internet, I'm gonna, uh, if I don't forget it, I'm gonna link this in Discord later, is where Liam Gallagher makes tea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he just starts talking about how in the 90s, uh, we had three guys doing this, one standing there and one stand heating the water there and one putting in the tea leaves there. But now I have to do it all on my own because people stopped buying records. 
I don't believe oh, him. I don't poor think he guy. ever did that. I think, I think he's lying for the drama. I did see a documentary which was about the entire um, formation and like first few years of Oasis, and it just seems incredibly stressful. And I would not want to be in that band. Fucking good man. <laughs> I regrettably, I, I, at this point, he might be the only celebrity I still follow on Twitter. <laughs> I have never he even thought of the fact that he has a Twitter account and now it's I very have funny. to follow it. Yeah. He's <laughs> he's like entire tweeting language is insane. I feel like I've just seen him tweet at his brother like, "Well, I wanted to do a reunion, but you won't." Yeah. Bitch. He constantly <laughs> uh, subtweets his brother. Oops, the guru had just chucked an alcoholic drink down my neck. Marvelous behavior. LG. <laughs> I like that he signs it. He's, he always signs his tweets with LG. Oh, that's such a boomerang. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I'm going to start signing my tweets. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I can't find him. I can just find fan accounts. It's Liam. literally Liam, at Liam Gallagher. Oh, Liam Gallagher. One word. Okay. Oh, did you look for, for Noel? Yeah. No, fuck Noel. My homies hate Noel. <laughs> I, yeah, because... Because Liam is like homies. more uh, outwardly aggressive, which makes him funnier. I, okay. Noel probably sucks just as much, but he's less funny about it. <laughs> well, we're beautiful. at the standard 25 minutes of talking about okay. something completely unrelated. Yeah, I want to be the first person in the game to say. F- I've never really got rinse win totally. Who spells really W-I-Z-Z-A-R-D-Z? He's the character who started off the Discworld series. Most important wizard out of anyone I can see. He's a useful character to have around, but he's not one that I personally rate very highly. Rincewind is a top geezer. What can I tell you about Rincewind? Who watches the watch? Your favorite Discworld podcast, our favorite Discworld podcast, the only one I personally listen to. Um, I'm your host Chaz, slash Charlotte. <laughs> I'm your host Lucy. I'm your host Janos. And I'm George, coming to you from the sunny center of the second wave of Corona in England. Yeah, <laughs> I heard about that. Um, good to have you back, though, George. Welcome. Yeah, back. it's nice to be back. I am. I'm refreshed thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Good. Do you we have, have any thoughts time. on the, the second half of the Light Fantastic that you were very angry about that we didn't talk about? Mm. No, I think I think you've I think you've uh, rinse flower pilled me. Yes, I believe yes. yes. now. Yes, your touching <laughs> words have have opened my eyes to a new world of emotion. I read every single rinse flower fan fiction on Ao3, so Did you? Know, like the lay of the land. A lot of them are pretty good. Pretty sad, actually. A lot of them. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Something I was I was thinking about how uh, how we should somehow make like Discord Twitter discover as if that's even a thing. I don't think it is. I don't think big Discord fans use Twitter. 
I think they're mostly I feel like I sometimes people. get the feeling that Discord fans are all boomers. Yes. yes. I think they probably... I mean, the book... They're like, old books at this yeah. point. But, I mean, we could still try. I think if we just if we just start, like, producing Discworld memes... Easy peasy. But, you know, we, we are, like, pretty young people who all happen to like Discworld, so there's got to be more... Yeah, I mean, I was sure. part of a Discworld theatre company where there was a substantial number of people who knew Discworld. Mm. Um, so I think they are out there. I just don't think that they're organized, you know, they're yeah. not connected. Or if they probably We've got have, like, to organize them. They're probably all on Facebook or have like a mailing group. <laughs> like <Jesus>. email. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, because at, at the back of the books that I had, they had that like fan page. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that wouldn't be a bad like I could called. try to like look up Discord uh the Facebook groups and try to plug the podcast there. That would be good. I mean I used to be part of one, but I think I left and I can't remember why. It was probably politics. Oh no, the the mm. page shut down, the page shut down because of some drama. That was it. Amazing. That's how every That's Facebook so group ends though. Like every yeah. time a Facebook group gets over like three thousand members. Uh, it's gonna be like that. Yeah. Yeah. The hell. I've the gone onto the discworld.com, which is the official one, but I am now subscribing to the newsletter. It's <laughs> <laughs> not gonna help us. There is also one called Discworld Monthly, which is Discworld Monthly is the premier free monthly newsletter about Sir Terry Pratchett. And I, 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 there's there's not a lot more news say? about him. I don't actually care about connecting to. Discord fans personally because I'm already connected with three of them I just want <laughs> the podcast numbers to go up oh dried frog pills you can buy on what? on the discworld.com oh I didn't <laughs> see that dried frog pills hopping off the shelves it might just be a pill tin oh three. it's like oh does discworld do like supplements <laughs> oh my god <laughs> super male like, vitality um, for the Discworld yeah. fan <laughs> do you mm. want a longer a, a longer knob at the end of your wand buy these pills today <laughs> so, may contain high it's levels of nice lead yeah. <laughs> they always do they're always full of lead someone tested loads of the Infowars one and they were like they're just full of really bad shit yeah what a, what a shock really eh? so today we watched the BBC Sky... Was it BBC as well? Or was it just Sky? I mean, it was Sky. British. Knows. I guess we could have I'm done Sky. like the base amount of research to find out who made this, but... I mean, I'm pretty sure it's Sky, but I don't know if there was like other input. Um, Two-part television miniseries slash movie, The Light Fantastic slash The Color of Magic. I think it's called The Color of Magic as an overall thing. Yeah. Um, uh, and I guess we have different opinions on it, which is very funny, and I yeah. can't wait to talk about it. I did watch it while sewing, so I didn't have to just like watch it full on and not do anything else while I was watching it, which may have affected my opinions. And also, I know it so well that I can literally talk along to half of the dialogue, um, <laughs> which also may have affected my opinions. So, yeah. I liked it, I think. I mean, it's I not like great i don't think it's good i want to put that out there i don't think it's a good series i just like okay (laughs) i liked the first like 30 minutes and then it was just so long that and 
and then I started like it. It was I. I think this is just just like one of the worst paced things I have seen in my <laughs> life. <laughs> so think... it was really a chore to get through, and I think, I think in I the see. end, I rather dislike it. I watched it all this morning, and I didn't find it very hard. I watched to get it in through. like six chunks, and I have found it hard to get through. Even so, I will say if you didn't like this, um, going postal is even worse. So can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it did make me. I will say it did make me actually more optimistic for the watch TV show because I thought that's probably going to be a much worse adaptation, but at least it's gonna. It might be like less less of a chore to sit through i think i'll have more to say about a tv show that like because i don't i don't hate like i don't hate this and i like i think it's quite fun i think i mean i don't know it's like not objectively good but it doesn't have anything in it that um i find like bad i'm struggling to articulate myself because like adaptations can fall into like two holes i think and over it, over adapt, well, where it's like too similar to the book, and then where it's like exactly misses the point of the book. Those exactly, the and I think issues. this falls into the too close. They yeah. should have, yeah, they should have uh, restructured it more, and they should have like I think this could have been this whole story could have been rewritten that it's just like one like ninety minute to two hour movie, and that would have been oh better. definitely. Yeah. yeah, just having the beginning bit of the color of magic and yeah. then pretty much going straight into the like fantastic yeah. stuff probably would have been a tighter story because so you don't need much the, unrelated like... stuff happens in color of magic. Yeah, yeah, like the stuff with um the dragons. You just it doesn't need to be there if you're going to adapt. They could have cut the first that entirely. Year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because they like they cut out the whole of the Belshazzarroth stuff and like run and all that stuff, which I think was a good decision. Um, yeah, so I would have just made it longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but I yeah the dragons as well. I guess it serves to sort of showcase parts of Two Flowers' character in that he believes in things and he's quite imaginative. But yeah, it's not necessary for the story as a whole. Yeah, I think like because the format of this is it's like two episodes like two 90 minute long episodes but my issue Mm. with the with the pacing is also that i think it feels much more like it's uh it's like a six or eight or you know 10 episode tv show that was cut together into a compilation movie yeah it's a bit like it's like it would have made more sense if it was like a series long episode yeah thing where like there was seven or eight episodes where some event happened in each one and then it builds up to like the conclusion yeah and then you can have like the wormberg episode or the troll episode or whatever rather than just sticking it into three hours yeah yeah i think yeah, that, would, that have would have been better worked better because then you can like oh sorry I, I i agree that i think the pacing is probably one of the worst bits of it because like there is a lot there's a lot of there is a lot of good stuff Mostly Tim Curry. Yeah. yeah. And, He's Je- so and Jeremy Irons. <laughs> yeah. They're just having amazing fun. I liked pretty much pretty much all the actors I think I thought were pretty good. I yeah. I like their interpretations. They're not necessarily how mm-hmm. I would have done the characters, but I think they were like an okay adaption of the characters into I like a lot of them. Like okay, let's yeah. go through 
let's go through all the of cast. Them, like. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's I think yeah. Sean Astin is two flower. Love. I love this. Nice. Really Amazing. good. Really good <laughs> He's very he's very good at it. Love to see him. Love two flower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great I think character. it also for me I like I I rewatched the Lord of the Rings trilogy like last week. So yeah. I'm carrying some Frodo Sam um <laughs> relationship <laughs> feelings into watching this. Yeah, we we already um, mentioned Tim Curry. I think he's great. I'm not sure he's like I don't see him as Triman exactly. No, I see him as Tim Curry Wizard. <laughs> yeah, but I do like to see Tim Curry as the antagonist. They kept making gestures towards what Triman's character is, which is this sort of managerial guy in that he likes yeah. things to be organized, yeah. but he's more like a sort of deranged assassin man yeah. than he is like a manager. But I do yeah, think yeah. it, it works for the tone of the whole thing. Tim Curry is having too much fun to be like the joyless man that Simon is. Yeah. Yeah. I like the CGI. I think the CGI is good. I'm going to put that out there. I (laughs) think it's good that it's bad. Yeah. We'll get to it, I guess. Yeah. Um, David Jason as Rincewind. I don't really like him very much. He's a bit old. He's he's too old. I think think Rincewind should look kind of like super hands. Yes. I think that's the right (laughs) kind of body type for Rincewind. Uh, yes, like what? Exactly. Scrawny. <laughs> uh, su- like... yeah, super hands from uh, Peep Show. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah, this is this is too British. Um, yeah, like a sort of scrawny guy, you know, like a tall yeah. scrawny man. Yeah. Someone in their early forties. I think the way he looks in the uh, point and click games is actually like pretty spot on. Yes. Exactly. Uh, and I think he also he also needs to be like more quick witted than David Jason is in this. Like I think I think David Jason's delivery is it's a bit laboured, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it it falls into the like um, doddery old wizard thing more than it does Rincewind, who's yeah. like quite. Yes. He's like I mean he knows all those languages. He's very like sarcastic. He's very witty. Like yeah, he's he's sharper than he is in this adaption. Yeah. I mean, I think it makes it probably easier for people to watch it if they haven't read the books. Yeah, I don't it's more know. of like an archetype character, I guess, so you can sort of uh, get yeah. in there quicker. But he is less sort of interesting. This is, mm. this is to me, a very big question mark, like the thing you just said, Lucy, about <laughs> not having read the book. Because <laughs> I have no idea if this makes any sense to someone who hasn't read uh, I don't think it would. Books. To be honest, because I tried, I mean, I tried watching Hogfather like a couple years ago, and yeah. obviously I only started reading these books this year, and I was like, I can't. I d- there's, no, there's just Hogfather too much. Hogfather is a perfect film, but you've read it, so and I like know, you, I mean, you know who Death is. I mean, obviously Death is uh, Death's pretty explainable, actually. But I will like, say, I will say that my mum enjoys Hogfather despite not having read any Terry Pratchett books, so she can get that. But I don't think she liked this one, so yeah. Hmm. Like one of the one of the I I don't know if we want to like go over plot, but I I would just like jump to random moments that yeah, stuck I out mean, to me. We, people know it's basically the same as the books for the most yeah. part, so we don't have to go into like synopses, but we can talk about things that are different or like similar. Mm. Yeah, that's good. I like, do want to point out around the order of things a bit. Uh, mm. They put like Triman already in the first half, which is a good choice. Like you didn't yes. need to yes only appear at the. And like I, I like that change. Um, I was gonna say like the one scene, like one of the one of the issues I I had, and I think this was exemplified in this scene, is the way the jokes are delivered 
especially if they're like spoken like if they're like oh yeah language jokes they they don't land most of the time to me (laughs) it's like it's like the actors react a bit too slow or the, the the editing is just like not quite spot on it just doesn't it's it's because they're saying book dialogue but out yeah. loud yeah um, <laughs> which is the thing and that's probably why it sticks in my head so much um when i'm watching it so there's a bit where liesa the dragon lady says metaphorically speaking Yes. Um, when she says, <laughs> she says, no one leaves the mer- no one leaves the Wormberg except metaphorically speaking. And the way she reads that line is just like permanently engraved in my head. It's so <laughs> metaphorically <weird>. speaking. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, what was the other one? It was the the circumference thing was just a bit like. So like, w- one scene I was going to mention is when they summon when they do the ritual of Ashkenta. Yeah. And Death is yeah. there holding like that. A party stick and it just yeah just the visual of it somehow doesn't land at all like the whole death is coming from a party joke like if i hadn't I known it from, it reminded me of the yeah. joke of the book and then yeah. i remembered how the joke was funny in the book <laughs> <laughs> yeah because I, I remember screen. like when we were talking about that scene in the book and i was saying like i can visualize this so well mm-hmm. and then the actual scene in the film is a bit I think I don't know I was going to say I think if they'd given him like a party hat as well it might have worked a bit better but it's hard to put that on a hood if it it was a bit more obvious it's almost a bit lacklustre because the lighting's not good death is pretty alright in like bits of this I think where he has the book and he's like don't worry I brought a book I think that's pretty good I liked death in Um, this I think but I I think I really like Christopher Lee's voice yeah yes Christopher Lee's the perfect voice for it Mm. I was gonna. I, I still have to talk about the scene. So, cause he shows <laughs> up with the party thing, like the party, you know, finger food, cocktail stick, yeah. Uh, and then, and then they do the whole, you know, d- dialogue. And then Death says, "I have to go for. I, I'm coming from a party." And then, and then it cuts back to the wizards, and they're like, mm-hmm. and then it cuts back to Death, and he says, uh, "I'm gonna take off my mask." And then it's like, there's like a second of silence and it cuts back to Trimon and then he makes a face or like a reaction that comes somehow too late and it falls so flat. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, the timing's not great. It's not great. There's not really a very sharp edit. There's a bit at the end as well when Two Flowers boarding the boat and um, Cohen and... Uh, Bethan are just like hanging around by the boat and it keeps like cutting yeah. to them just like making weird facial expressions <laughs> and, <there's>, like, <laughs> and then cutting back to the boat well, cause there's the it's bit where incomprehensible like, yeah that where Rinswin, so much, Rinswin yeah. and Two Flower are having their like moment and, oh my God. Bethan, and it cuts to Bethan and Co- Cohen and she makes like a face that's like oh we should leave them to this yes, but they I move know. like a step to the left and that's it <laughs> and it, it keeps cutting back to them so it's like this doesn't this doesn't like eliminate them from the scene they're still there and I can still see them so it doesn't feel like a more private moment between rinse flowers no, it's like... so weird yeah there's someone on the cast list as the luggage hmm. what? how? Someone, I, I don't know oh it's probably well, like how in you know in Avatar there's like one guy credited always for like Momo and Appa because 
because he just makes animal sounds. Like it's probably just well, that. Also, so a lot of the time when the luggage moves, it's actually just like you can't see its feet, and they're doing it. I guess so. It's cheaper. They're yeah. just like moving the luggage, so there might just be a guy underneath who's like. <laughs> a lot of time, oh, it's like yeah, one. it's hidden behind grass or something. Yeah, it does move yeah. very weirdly. Like someone was underneath it. Yes. Yeah, I quite. I think one of the things that I do like about this, though, is the sort of low budgetness. Of I like, I love the low budgetness. Yeah, I, think it's I do great. like it and at some parts. Like I really like the whole Ankh Pork section. Mm. Uh, I think they did a great job with Ankh Pork, even though there's like you know less, I guess, <laughs> trolls or whatever. Yeah, like it's you mo- mostly just see humans and then. And then when dwarves become relevant for the plot, you see some dwarves. So it's, mm-hmm. like, less mixed, I guess. But still, you know, they they shoot, like, a busy city pretty okay. Yeah. I uh, think and I'm getting... You mentioned... Sorry, Carol. Oh, yeah, go on. Um, I was just thinking, because you, you mentioned dwarves, and they have that yes. one shot of the guy stood above the dwarves. And I was just thinking, in relation to Sean Astin, because what they've done is they've tried to do the perspective shots that worked so well in Lord of the Rings for the Hobbit's height and Gimli's height. Um, but it hasn't... <laughs> it hasn't worked, because it just looks... Because obviously the camera is so clearly pointing upwards, and these guys are so clearly just, like, kneeling down, to pretending to be dwarves. <laughs> And the like, it just makes the guy that they're like stood in front of look like he's shot from below. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it it doesn't what? like land as like a, a, yeah. a as a dwarf what height did you thing. Think it, what did you think about the bit where they take the cameras, make people do stuff thing very literally, and everyone in the bar fight like pauses whenever they take a picture? That was good. I liked that. That was pretty good. That was good. That was like... Yeah, I like that. It's very theatre, which I thought was just very funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't mind that. Again, I think most of the most of the first bit worked pretty well. Mm. Yeah. I like the iconograph um, imp. I like that he's Welsh. Um, <laughs> yes. It's insulting, but I like it. <laughs> no, the, the Welsh imp was one of the best parts. I got enough black. Yeah. Speaking of Welsh, is the, is the head of the Thieves' Guild called Eskol? With a Y. Uh, I feel like I remember that. It was Imor, that. It was Imor like wasn't it? Imor, I, yeah, yes. like... There's someone named Imor, yeah. Yeah. I just... It reminded me of Welsh school. <laughs> <Okay>. Anyway. <laughs> well, if it was us school, then it would just be, yeah, school, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ignore me. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say, like, on the, on the, the visual... Thing. So yeah, I think like the visual of Ankh Morpork worked, and it did did a good job with the bus- budget. Uh, uh, you know, the tower of the Unseen University also looked pretty cool. Yeah. And then the mm. parts where where it like totally fell apart for me was when they <laughs> they were at the edge of the world. And no, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked that, that like, as well. All the all the parts where they were like so clearly in front of a green screen. Looked so awful. I think I yeah, but I don't mind that. Yeah, I don't know. I think if if I'd gone into yeah. this thinking it was going to be some prestige thing, then it would bug me a lot more than it does. But yeah. the way I view this is like if this like well meant um, kind of shitty low budget production, <laughs> and so I I it but sort of got so many big names. Yeah, I yeah, know. They don't have any budget. That's where the money. <laughs> yeah, they just. Yeah, they blew the money on the cast, and then... And it was yeah. 2004, but... Um, 
2008. I don't know. I just, I like it when, I guess because I see it again almost like a theatre performance where it, it just seems like they're in front of like a backdrop and I find it easy to enjoy that without thinking too much about it, I guess. Yeah. Mm. So when things look like props and things look like backdrops, I'm just like, oh, it's a play. So, You're very willing to <laughs> suspend yeah. your disbelief. Yeah. But then I'm, yeah, I'm always going to approach these things with a measure of goodwill just mm-hmm. because I like the source material so much and because <laughs> often I have such nostalgia for the productions because I've seen them so many times. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like if you've... Damn, you're just biased. I approach media criticism entirely rationally and without bias. <laughs> yeah, we saw, it for the, we saw it for the first time, not to like 20-something uh, years old. So. That's no... irrational. I'm a, I'm a rationalist big boy now. <laughs> when I watch something, I step into this chamber in my house called the objectivity vacuum, and that's how I can see media. <laughs> no, because I did sit down. I did sit down watching this like I'm, I'm going to enjoy this. And I, again, I did enjoy it for the first like 30 to 45 minutes. <laughs> and then it became like a real chore I to get through just, the rest. It's so, so long. But it, I did try so to long. enjoy it. I watched it, just, it I while I, I was drunk uh, in two <laughs> sessions. And both times I fell asleep halfway through and had to finish mm-hmm. watching it in the morning <laughs> twice. Yeah, I, again, I watched it this morning um, while sewing. So I had something else to do while I was watching it. But I didn't find myself annoyed by it at any points, really. Uh, I found it kind of... Because mm. obviously the decision to get rid of the Bell Shahamroth thing, I think, was good. Um, yeah, that would have been impossible to film as well. Well, yeah, I was just thinking, like, yes. it's funny to me that they were, like, probably looked at that and they were like, okay, I don't yeah. know how we're going to do this particular monster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, we'll mention it, but we're just not going to put it in. Um, yeah, and I think that's good because it's, like, a nice little thing it, like, for the readers. I, yeah. I guess it was for the readers, but I actually kind of hate that stuff when there's like <laughs> they they're just throwing out stuff just to have like uh, little one for the f- uh, you know little treats like for the readers. Eggs. But it just I think it actively yeah. makes makes things worse. Like just cut it out. Nobody's gonna care. Did Did you <laughs> like the section where Rincewind and Two Flower meet Ed Sheeran in a forest and he sings them a song about how violence is bad? <laughs> Yeah, that's my favorite bit. Um, so, what did we think of the what did we think of the rinse flower relationship in this in this adaption? I think if they'd been similar ages, I would have liked it more. Yeah, yeah. But it's I mean, it's I good think, though. I think my like, issues with it are like the just the, the same as as I had with David Jason in general. Like, I also don't yeah. think they had very much chemistry with like one no. major exception, which is their last scene. Um, yeah, why was yeah. there so much chemistry in that last scene? Well, I think and I don't know. Was I think that all the have... time before. Yeah, I mean, I think they do have a bit of chemistry in the scene where Two Flower finds out Rincewind was lying about taking him to Belshamroth, um, yeah. and but was just trying that. to get him. But that's like I don't know. Mm. I thought they had it there, but I think again, I really want to see it. Mm. So <laughs> I think yeah. I mean, you all pilled me were... on Rincewind. And then this <laughs> film depilled me. Yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> not not in general, but just for the film. They do put a lot of emphasis in this one, in that they're like, "Oh, Rincewind's only doing it because he's afraid of the arch, no, of the um, patrician." Yeah. Yeah, which I don't Even... think was like a big thing in the book. No. No. Once they've wasn't. left Ankh Morpork, it's not that much of an issue yeah. for him. 
he's just sort of sticking with him because of the gold and then also because he's his friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in this, they're like, oh, they've got to carry on this through line of the patrician. I guess so they can have that scene at the end where he's like, good job, Rincewind. <laughs> yeah, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> just Jeremy Iron sticks his head out of a box and it's like, thumbs up. The patrician rolls by in his limousine. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I will give you this slight nod. He's such a good, he's such a good veterinary, uh, though. I thought he so, was so very good. So good. I did the thing that I always do, which is where I confuse Jeremy Irons with Jason Isaacs. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you guys were like, oh, Jason Isaacs is in this. And I was like, hell yeah, I really fancy that guy. And then I was like, this doesn't look like, this doesn't look like the one I fancy. I thought it was pretty Sad hard. face. He's <laughs> okay. too sort of creepy looking. Yeah. I mean, veterinary is supposed to be. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not sad that I'm not it's attracted to veterinary. I don't want to be attracted to <laughs> In both veterinary is all I look for in an adaption. <laughs> if they've done a himbo veterinary. Look, we're getting girlboss veterinary, so we're almost there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh damn, we could start Did you ever hear about Snape wives? Well, we could start like yes. veterinary wives It would be very good I what's... think we should start veterinary I'm wives. sorry, what? Snape wives? <laughs> Charlotte's definitely going to be better explaining that one Um, It's sort of where people thought they could like channel Snape Oh um, And they called themselves the Snape wives um, And it was like kind of like a Kind of like a cult, but like a movement of people who thought that he was like a spirit rather than just a character who they could like bring forth within them. Um, yeah, and summon him. Yeah, it's good. Um, this is just like Sorry. all the other weird fandom shit that I really want to one day start something, a podcast, a YouTube yeah. channel about, because I need to talk to people about Lord of the Rings cult. But uh, right. moving on. Oh yeah, in um, Going Postal, Veterinary is played by um, Charles Dance. Oh, which one is I think he? Does a pretty, he does a pretty good job, but it's a bit too like Tywin Lannister, and I don't think it has the fun that this version has, so I think this is better. Okay. I think I can only see him as Tywin Lannister, because I watched the 90s version of Rebecca the other day, and he's Maxim de Winter <laughs> in that, and I was like, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah. Damn. Damn. I think he was Charles like Dance a fucking to war. one of those very bad superhero movies, like even before the Marvel movie thing started. Uh, Green Lantern, I think. I think he wasn't that one for some reason. <laughs> what do I, I know? I know him from something else. What else was he in? Um, uh, Ali G in the house. He was not. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was in Ali G and Ali G movie. Yeah. Holy shit. I think he had to take. I think, I think he gets naked. I don't know. I think he'd make a pretty good veterinary. I don't hate that. Yeah, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying it's not as like fun. Oh, he was in Bleak House. That's what I know him from. Okay. Yeah, ah. Bleak House. Look, you've you've warned me that uh, I'm not gonna like the Going Postal movie. So I'm gonna look for like. I my guess is that the Charles Dance scenes are the only parts I'm even gonna enjoy a- at all. Yeah, I just got very upset by, like, a lot of the way they adapt it. I mean, you'll see when we get there, but I just don't think it has the teeth that the book has, which I think is really disappointing. Yeah, I guess it's, yeah, I guess it's more disappointing with something like Going Postal, where the book is, like, actually good. uh, Yes. In where, like, 
here. There's like parts about how um, on the Wikipedia about how the in the pre-production uh, they bought the rights from Terry Pratchett and it was after Hawkfad was already a successful adaptation. But like I'm also imagining that Terry Pratchett didn't really give a shit because you know it's not the books he probably cares about the most. Yeah. I don't think he was particularly precious about the rights to a lot of his stuff, though. He seems yeah, mostly willing to give them to television companies. Mm-hmm. Less film companies, but mostly when television companies ask for the rights, he tends to sell them to yeah. them. I think there was a um, quote by uh, Neil Gaiman Problematic uh, where he talked about <laughs> how Terry Pratchett always said uh, he only believed adaptations of his works uh happened at the when he when he was actually sitting there and watching them yeah Yeah. i love that you called him neil gaiman problematic (laughs) he was in this series he was in the beginning and at the end yeah he had a cameo he said said gender isn't real (laughs) (laughs) yeah he did the king yeah, that's the uh, the end of the the entire series. He looks to the camera and goes, "Gender isn't real, guys. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about it." <laughs> he looked at the screen and said he was going to marry my dad. Yeah. <laughs> Neil Gaiman problematic. Archie Riverdale. Rinse when Discworld. Neil Gaiman is from the problematic cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> this free association okay. is very confusing, but I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> No, it's cause, sorry. It was because Janos, she said Neil Gaiman problematic, and I was thinking of like what you were tweeting about the other day, which is like character name oh. thing characters <laughs> in like Archie Riverdale. <laughs> yeah, Neil Gaiman problematic. <laughs> sorry, I should have explained that. <laughs> no, that's, that's the good. that's the other thing I sometimes do where I. Uh, if some someone is problematic that I talk about, I just say problematic afterwards so that I'm not gonna get cancelled for. Uh, That's good. Just to acknowledge acknowledge it without going into it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How's Amanda Palmer doing? She problematic. <laughs> Probably great. Yeah, there wasn't really much news after the uh, thing broke. And, yeah. And uh, Palmer, let's see if there's some news. I was hoping she'd have like a this Black is... Lives Matter take. Let's take a let's <laughs> take sure a short break from this uh, from Color of Magic discussion and start our famous segment. What's Amanda <laughs> up to? <laughs> <laughs> What's up with the dissolution of Neil Gaiman and Amanda Palmer's marriage? <laughs> Yeah, what's up with that? I wish I I should start giving to her Patreon so I can just keep up with her. And I know that's what she wants, but at the same time, I really want to. Hmm. I'm not seeing anything new. Just like there's just like listicles about uh, the biggest celebrity breakups of 2020. <laughs> I'm just scrolling through because it's all names I don't know. Mary Kate Olsen fight divorce. Um, I don't know these people. Cara Delevingne and Ashley Benson split after dating for two years. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I got to the Neil Gaiman and Amanda Palmer section. It says, Neil Gaiman and, Amanda, and wife Amanda Palmer seem to split after the two posted reports on their quarantine relationships. Neil moved to the UK. My heart has been broken and I am really struggling, Palmer wrote. It's just... Uh, and then meanwhile, Gaiman wrote on Twitter, I see Palmer has told people that we, like much of the world, are going through rocky times right now. It is true, we are. <laughs> really hard and I'd like to request privacy okay great so there's nothing new here 
Lana Del Rey also broke up but fuck her uh, oh, she wait, done? she broke out with her cop boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> is is that activism? I mean, <laughs> definitely not given like, the other stuff maybe? she's posted. Oh, right. yeah, uh, what, wait, where's she done? Gonna recently. hand it to Lana Del Rey. She, oh, she's just been like, you know, she's like, oh, I can't believe I don't get the same level. <laughs> no, I get more hate than Beyonce and these other black female artists because I write sad music. The best thing Um, about her statement uh, was she was talking about like her trying to bring on a new third wave of feminism and I was Oh yeah that was so good. Lana Del Rey never heard of third wave feminism. She knows like zero theory which is incredibly funny because she like thinks she does Um, so she just comes out with these statements that are incredibly incorrect and really badly written and then gets upset when everyone takes it the wrong way (laughs) which is like impossible not to. Um uh, okay, I, like I did just go on now. Amanda Palmer's Twitter, and mm. there's some good stuff here. Uh, there's some good, like, rich people stuff here. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a tweet by Kim Basin, just a you know, reporter. Kim Basinger? Yeah, Kim Basinger, who tweeted, an entire Old West town is for sale. It costs 7.5 million, and it's in New Zealand. And then Amanda Palmer mm-hmm. quote tweeted that, saying, I may have found my next use for Kickstarter. So the person who's like gonna buy it and start fans a cult? on Patreon is joking about start doing a Kickstarter to buy a village. That's cool. My brother lives in New Zealand. He lives in a van. <laughs> I just... What? It's a pretty good van, but you know, it's I'm, a van. Why would you buy a village from money that your fans give to you if not to start a cult? I'm just asking oh, you know it's for starting. She already has a cult. Yeah. Oh well, now, but now she can centralize them geographically. Imagine, like the next, the next Waco siege is going to be Amanda Palmer and all her fans in an old West village. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> Looking at this town, I can imagine just like a bunch of really fucked up murders happening in it. <laughs> yeah, and they all have machine guns and like pray yeah. pray to some dark god. Well, not machine Which guns, more just, like, really, like, people living in it being like, this is so fun, and then slowly it just gets weirder and weirder until just, like, horrible murders happen. I want to watch that film. The the, the most tragic thing about Amanda's uh, current situation is uh, she she posted a pit on Patreon. Uh, it says, the Twitter post says, my monthly heart and business dump is up. Patreon only. And then there's an image that says, state of all things. So... So mm. I am obligated to give to her Patreon so we have access to it? Yeah. This I is guess. like the worst use of Patreon. Like, I, I can't believe people <laughs> just pay Amanda Palmer money so that she will tell you about her life. It's literally just a blog that you pay to read. This is yeah. literally just paying for a parasocial relationship at this point. But oh. Amanda Palmer's fans will do that. That is her whole thing, though, isn't it? Building yeah. parasocial relationships with her fans. I mean, I'm logging into my Patreon. Oh no, Charlotte, no! <laughs> don't do it. She doesn't need it. I know. I don't want to give her money, but I want access. <laughs> Just. I want to know. Charlotte, have your eyes started um, glowing again? Yes. <laughs> you see, Amanda Palmer was like my first, my first like goth clown access. So. Mm. You know, <laughs> hurts my heart. Yeah. Okay, I won't. I won't give to her Patreon Damn, even to I, access her horrible what's, thoughts. What? Um, how much so do you excited. have to pay to access her horrible thoughts? Probably like five dollars. I'm, I'm already see her on, on her Patreon. 
Uh, three three pounds. Oh no, one pound. Hmm. Does that does the one pound tier get you access to her posts? It says you get access to patron-only posts, early access to tickets, and invites to special events. Whereas if you pay three pounds, you get directly emailed, keepable, <laughs> playable, readable downloads of any content. What I'm... content? What's the content, I... Amanda? It's just her screaming into her microphone. <laughs> <laughs> for, for the low, low price of like one coffee a month, you yourself can get MP3s Listen, of Amanda Palmer when, when screaming. We, when we get a Patreon, that's what I'm going to release as bonus content for our fans. <laughs> I'm so tempted. You could do a dress, dress like doll's trippy euro. band. I think that would be very funny. It would be not the dumbest band I've ever had. So. <laughs> but you could play it like well. Listen, my my meme core band, Count Olaf and the Crypto Fascists, was a good band and made decent music. Oh my god, I did find some juicy bits on her Patreon that's like a public post. And this is the post she made a week ago that's called On Racism, Words, Art, Time and Progress. Uh-oh. Oh, no. I can't wait to hear what she's got to say. It's, it's time, guys. I think it's time for Amanda Palmer to give us her thoughts on racism. I mean, she already has. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's, she does talk about her. Okay, so this is like to celebrate Juneteenth. I'm going to skip mm-hmm, over okay. this. And then she says, the lasting legacy of racism, slavery, and white supremacy in the States is tangled and ter- uh, terrible, blah, blah. I've talked about some of the below before, but it's time to talk about it again. Last November, I played a show in Paris at the Bataclan, and to honor the address, the massacre that took place in the club, I pulled out an old song, Guitar Hero whose lyrics speak to the sick mentality that might lead a human to dehumanize and shoot a bunch of other humans. So this song is th- this song is about how what if mass shootings were like a video game and uh, it has the n-word in it for no reason. Oh good. Uh, I just can't says, imagine like imagine being like at a funeral with her and she's like um she hands you a CD and she's like I talk about this on track 4. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> she, no, it well, be like, she got in trouble last time for like writing a really long poem about the Boston bomber. <laughs> oh my god, this <laughs> post is really bad. Oh, I can just imagine her at a funeral would be like the, the, the funeral and Tiger King, where he just starts singing really like his songs <laughs> in front of like his dead, dead husband's mum. God, it's just you just your brain starts to fall out of your ears in chunks. Yeah, so, yeah, she talks about how she performed this last November, November 2019, and left the lyric with the N-word in it. She performed a song with the N-word in it in Paris in November, I can't stress this enough, 2019. (laughs) I know, I think we talked about this. Did we talk about this before? Not on air. (laughs) Okay. And then she says that she wrote a long post about this and apologized from the heart on Twitter for any hurt the lyric would have caused, which is not true. She didn't. I don't think that's what happened. She did not apologize in that post. She's an she's an adult woman, and it was 2019. But she did apologize. She was just like, I I talked to my friend who's black, and they said it was cool, so yeah. I'm just gonna keep it. She said I talked she to my friend who's black class. and trans, and she agreed with me. Oh yeah, that was it. She's like, my black trans friend that I have, and I want you to know that she's black and trans. Um, I will mention this nine times in this article, so you know. Mm-hmm. Wait. Uh, said it was cool, so I'm leaving it in. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then she apparently made that post public since then, because she originally only made his, her apology post about saying the N-word, <laughs> Patreon exclusive. <laughs> That's so funny! 
And then she says, yeah, pre- please read this. And then she says, this whole episode has given me, you can imagine, a lot to think about and learn from. Mm-hmm. I recently watched a video called Cancelling from a fellow Patreon user named Natalie Wynn, aka ContraPoints. Oh. <laughs> ah. Okay, her, list, her like watching ContraPoints is an incredibly funny This is an incredible thing. development. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the funniest way this could have gone. Worlds collide. I need to know. Yeah, I don't oh. know. They might end up being friends because they were both cancelled. Mm-hmm. Like seriously, ContraPoints has nothing to like for a, for a race related issue. I don't think you should pull her up. Oh no, uh, definitely not. She says, no. she says about how great this video is. My friends, I've been cancelled so many times. I should have a loyalty card. At the moment, this is a real Twitter mm-hmm. account, and then she links to a, she posts a Twitter account that has the header Amanda Palmer is a racist bully. Which is an incredible cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, I know many, many people hate me, so I'm used to it at this point. Uh, and then she talks about what, what how, has she learned from this? And then she talks about an incident, how like one of the incidents that this Twitter account brings up, uh, and she says uh, there's a collage somewhere on YouTube of me playing "fuck the police" by N.W.A. that this person keeps reposting under any and all discussions threads. So let's talk about that. Back in 2009, um, I did a live ukulele cover of NWA's Fuck the Police no. a few times. What the fuck? She um, did a ukulele cover? <laughs> like she used to do ukulele covers of like everything. It was like her thing. That's so funny. I and mean, that's what like, irritating people at parties do, not yeah. musicians. She probably started it, you know? She did an entire album of Radiohead covers played on ukulele. I yeah. care less Which is about bad that. enough. But playing the N- the NWA song "Fuck the Police." Um, I'm just gonna. I assume she didn't censor any of it. Yeah, I'm gonna guess there's a lot of N words in that. Song. Oh, definitely. And then she, <laughs> this is incredible. I discovered NWA in around 1990 in high school when someone pressed a duct tape of straight out of Compton into my hands and said, "You need to listen to this." And then she talks about how, you know, this is incredible. She has never encountered such political lyrics before here's a link Uh to the track fuck the police if you never heard it go listen okay (laughs) may i quote there's like there's like eight uses of the n-word in the first verse of that song and it's rap i don't get how you're gonna cover a rap song on a ukulele and also you're amanda palmer and you're white i'm just (laughs) i'm really trying to wrap my head around this one she listened to it and she was like i i'm really I feel really connected to these lyrics. This is definitely <laughs> she's uh, like I also am brutalized by life. the police because of my race. <laughs> Fucking hell! Is she is she performance art? Well, she kind of is. I mean, that's her whole shtick, mm, isn't it? But like on a level that I'm not getting. Like, is it possible well, that she's it, actually a satire not... of like well, like supposedly well-meaning white liberal celebrities who just like repeatedly yeah. shoot themselves in the foot over and over again? I think she's just like a crystallization of that sort of 90s, 2000 idea of what like an edgy artist is. But then she never grew beyond that. And so she can't change. Yeah. And she's stuck there. That's interesting. I suppose politics was dead in the 90s as well. So yeah. she hasn't yeah. grown into politics being a thing. But this was in 2009. So I oh, don't she... know. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Just yeah, well, don't mean, she, say the obviously, word. Obviously, she was still doing it. I mean, she just never grew past that point where she became famous. Yeah. So she just does the same terrible things over and over again. 
Yeah, so Debbie talks about how, uh, you know, a lot of shit has changed since NWA released that song, and a lot of shit has changed since I covered it in 2009. Then she says that she, you know, she apologizes for uh, having done that cover. While I'm here and going deep, the live Fuck the Police ukulele song was a medley of sorts, and when I would play the intro, it would lead into the songs, song that I released as my first free from my label self-released song. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help your black ass? <coughs> the song contained the lyrics, you can bet your black ass that I'm going to in every chorus. Which is an homage to the NWE's A song. So, what? <laughs> I have no idea what she's talking about at what this point. This is so, I want to know who, who subscribes to her Patreon. What are they getting out of it? <laughs> <laughs> who are these people? <laughs> It, 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 is it at this point? It's just um, that that sideshow Bob uh, bit in The Simpsons where he gets out of a van and just steps on rake after rake. But it's just Amanda Palmer, and it's just saying the N word. Just keeps stepping on it again and again. <laughs> I... So yeah, this is a very long post. She says she is fascinating. You know, to she apologizes or fake apologizes, I guess, a few more times. Uh, she says. I will trust this community to grow with me and help guide me. You always have. I make mistakes in the future of that I can almost be certain. So great. She plans to keep mm-hmm. saying it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's a public humiliation kink? <laughs> yes, I think it must be. I can't. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm just, I'm just thinking of like like a like a wealthy white woman getting up in front of an audience. Breaking out a ukulele and then starting to <laughs> do a ukulele cover of the NWA's <laughs> fuck the police with all the N words left in, and it just I, that's 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 like that would be amazing comedy writing, but like it's in the real life, uh, so What's it's it? not. What's a ride to go from uh, her having a song with the N word to a white YouTuber contrapoint to back to the NWA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like what, what's the point she's making in this post what she's, what she's is not, she trying you, you, to want, you want to know she's what the point racist. she's making the, the point she's yeah. making is that she's gonna release a new charity single <laughs> oh, charity singles okay. which haven't been good ever but hey. especially haven't been popular since the 1980s <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey I did something bad also here's my new thing <laughs> yeah Look, I'm giving to charity. This is a good. It's cool. This is good faith. Anyway, this has been Amanda Palmer Corner. I think yeah. we spent like 20 minutes on this. Yeah, it has been 20 minutes. Um, the thing is that we love to talk about Amanda Palmer. So, in a way, she does serve a purpose as a person, which is content. Yeah. Should we get back Thank- to the Discworld Thank you, Amanda. movie? Well, what else is there to say that we want to talk about? They made a point of making Beth in her twenties. Yeah, yeah. that was really gross. good. They saw the it's source material and they were like, "Let's at least not make her a child." They did what I asked in the last yeah. episode, where I said I would be a little less uncomfortable if she was not a child, and they did that. Yeah, so still, I, I still didn't bad. really like it. Like, I didn't like the way. I don't know. Like, I think the actor who played Bethan also like. And she was probably written that way, but like she was really leaning into the damsel in distress cliches, mm. uh, which made like I think the whole you know gender politics of the whole uh, Cohen Bethan yeah. relationships what? is like not great either. Oh way. no, it's bad. 
Whoops. She was a bit less capable than she was in the book. Yeah. Um, where she, like, seemed to help out quite a lot and solve things, where in this she yeah. sort of didn't do much. Was Cohen Walder I Frey? I must say, was I did like him. Um, yeah, yeah, it's David Bradley. I, I thought he was a good fit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he was yeah. good. Yeah, it was alright. He didn't get dangerous. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. yeah at he, the end. He gets shiny teeth. Did he just look away when it happened? <laughs> Yeah, it's maybe, because like, he, he definitely does. He the does. jewelers, and he's like, I've got my dentures, and they're made of diamond troll teeth, and then he smiled, and it went ding. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> he smiled and in like, the next scene, that. and then it went ding again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is which is a good joke. They cut out the um, walking shop, the like trans-dimensional shop, yeah. which is I really also good. Yeah, they just get to more yeah. work, basically. I didn't, like, I think, it, it's weird, because I talked about how they should have cut more, but... That's that's one cut they made that I would have liked to have in because it's one of my favorite parts of the book. I think it would make it like <laughs> this is already hard for a non-book reader to um, watch. I think that wouldn't have helped probably hmm. that yeah. particular scene just because it's I, quite like. I think it's scenes like that in the book that really add like a charm to yeah. it, where you're like, oh, it's got all these like funny little jokes about, I guess, British culture stuff where you're like oh yeah it's like one of those weird shops where there's like a sort of mean shopkeeper and he's a bit of a dick mm. and there's loads of strange stuff in it and it's yeah i, I don't know it's stuff like that that kind of makes it yeah I think. yeah you know what i think it yes. should have been like an actual tv show of like shorter episodes that all have like a like an like an arc to themselves so it doesn't yeah yeah it doesn't paste so weirdly like what we did in the shadows sort of yeah yeah there's yeah, like less documentary stuff, but yeah, yeah, because there's stuff going on in the background, but it's its own self-contained thing per episode. Yeah, and it is very episodic the book, so it would make a lot of sense to be that way. Mm. Yeah, and then I could have like, because I think in in that like the shopkeeper thing would have been fun. Like they could have built up the, you know, luggage thing more. Cause they, yeah, yeah. The the luggage being like super special also like didn't come across that much yeah. in this one. It's just no. it's very I think one of the things that did bother me about the luggage in this is that it it was much more like dog like than it is in the book. In the yes. book it's like its yeah. own weird, very powerful kind of malicious but quite funny thing. <laughs> Whereas in this it fell into the trope of being like dog sidekick because it has that bit at the end where Rincewind's telling it to leave it alone and it creaks in like a dog whining kind of way and I was like nah it doesn't it doesn't have to creak it's silent like yeah I didn't hate that I just think that it didn't have as much personality in the rest of the scenes mm. um it is, than it does in the book I, which I think would be quite hard to do yeah visually yes should have been yes, animated of, I mean yeah mm. obviously uh, <laughs> the the other thing that I I just remembered that I found super disappointing was the librarian <laughs> yeah <laughs> just a guy uh, in a monkey suit yeah. <laughs> I know like the librarian is so like routinely described as being like knee height <laughs> and he's just an ang- he's just a literal orangutan not like a large monkey guy I don't yeah know. I guess budget I yeah, yeah. the librarian's um, supposed rights. to be like scary like or you know imposing at least like yeah he's super strong yeah he should be someone who can like fuck you yeah, up he'll beat really the hell bad yeah, like a real monkey. Yeah, which I'm so just... scared of. I'm so scared of monkeys. Yeah. yeah, I think this one wasn't scary at all. 
I mean, I know in The Light Fantastic, he isn't really developed very much in the book, and they just say he's like a sad-looking orangutan, but yeah, like but... with veterinary and stuff, they were bringing in future stuff yeah, exactly. into it. Mm. Yes. Like, if they make veterinary so... veterinary instead of just some random petrician that it was in the books, they can also make the library and the, you know, character yeah. years later. Yeah. Yeah. And I also didn't like his... And I think the whole transformation was also so disappointing. Like, it it didn't land. Oh, no, I looked away and I missed it. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, I think the whole change spell was a bit um, lackluster. I didn't think it really had the sort of terrifying yeah. impact that it's supposed to have. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. A lot of the magic stuff didn't, uh, honestly. Yeah, which I partly is budget, but partly, I think, I don't know bad editing i think i think that's more of a thing like it doesn't have to be like you know harry potter uh magic where it's like shoots a beam out of you or whatever yeah (laughs) things can just happen yeah but but the impact needs to be sold more yeah Yeah. like the like the scene where he opened the door that's like in in the book it's like like a big thing about how he's doing like brain gymnastics or whatever and here it's just like he really squeezed and then something came out of his fingers and then it opened the door (laughs) <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, some of it would be quite hard to portray. Like the idea of his like brains nearly falling out of his ears is quite, quite a challenge. They could probably. do the um the like shorthand for someone trying a spell really hard in every piece of media where he gets a nosebleed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I just say you can do like a do like an uncut gems thing where it goes into his ear and you see his brain. Yeah, like, I think that would have been because that's the thing. Like we say, or like you say, uh, it would have been hard to do a lot, which. Yeah, doing movies is hard, or doing. <laughs> Listen, but like that's why you what need to. My point is that's why you need that. to get a good director or like someone who has a good <laughs> visual brain to, to figure out shit like this to to make it work on on the screen. Yeah, you have to wonder about like the levels and like who's making the decisions mm. on this and how controlled those decisions are. So how much is, like, studio-influenced and whether they were, like, certain things were popular at the time that they wanted yeah. emphasised? I think it's... I guess it was, like, Harry Potter time, so they were, like, make it a bit Harry Potterish, yeah. maybe? Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of a bummer that all of these Terry Pratchett re- uh, adaptations are just done by, done by a TV studio, but, like, they're done by, you know, whatever journeyman directors. Because I think... I think a Discord adaptation would need like an Edgar Wright type or a Taika Waititi type, you know, someone who, someone who is like a good visual comedic director, someone who's like specialized yes. on that. Yeah, you yeah, can't, you can't just... just get like oh, you you absolutely cannot get a Spielberg adaption. Yeah, of this because no. it, it would play itself far too seriously. No, but that's yeah. the one end. But like the this is like even You're worse. Like this Terry is just Gilliam like thing. this is just like done by a no one or done by. Yeah, you know, someone who would direct, I don't know, an episode of fucking NCIS or whatever, okay. like just a just an average TV show. I think I think that does like one of the things I was thinking of is like Charlotte was saying about how like the the, the sort of crappiness of some of the effects is a part of its charm, and I feel yeah. like yeah. Pratchett media has to be like it has to it has to have an element of that the like the, the sort of like slightly homespun charm that mm-hmm. like mm. makes it yeah. but i think it needs it to it's quality. Needs to do that but also no 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 i'm 
yeah it needs to do confidence also yeah and i think it also does need to like because there are some bits in the in discworld like legitimately like actually impressive ideas and they're not just being silly and it's like this is this is like awe inspiring and you're like wow that's like quite quite an image you've put in my brain yeah i think they need to be able to do that as well and it's quite a hard that would be quite a hard balancing act i think yeah yeah, I, 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 I mean, really think like these, all of these, uh, or like from what I know, all of these adaptations are just like really lackluster projects or really <laughs> unconfident projects, like not done by people who seem to really believe in it. Just like more of a let's let's put a best of best of Terry Pratchett on screen. Let's put let's put on some lip service to the fans. Let's you know, and the, mm. the claws are out. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the time, though, that's literally who they're playing for. Like, I don't think these were massive when they came out, Apparently, particularly. Apparently like, Hogfather got, like, t- over, like, two million views or something. Well, Hogfather was good. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was the first one, I also. I bet um, Janosch is not going to like it, maybe. Maybe. But I will, I will maintain that it's good. That'll be an interesting um, episode. It, it definitely it has some of the same issues, yeah. but I don't think they're they don't feel as significant. I might like it more than this um, because I like Hawkfather the book more than the Color of Magic. Yeah. Also, it's definitely a lot more plot based, and it's yeah. got more death. Who's good? Yeah. And I think it leans into a bit more of the sort of um, serious theming of the book because there is more of that in Hawkfather than there is in like Fantastic. Hmm. Yeah, anything else we want to talk about? I think we've basically covered all of it. Yeah, it's yeah. not like yeah. super in-depth as a, as a movie. Yeah. Movies. I don't know, I still don't know how to describe it. Yeah, how is it described on Wikipedia? Television film adaption. <laughs> yeah. So both. <laughs> so that's a movie, that's a a movie TV I film. think, TV movie. The yeah. thing is, I'm gonna have to rewatch it because my dad saw me watching some of it today and was like, "I did not know they made any adaptions. We should watch that again." And I was like, "Okay," <laughs> <laughs> so I have to sit through another three hours of it again. <laughs> I'll be interested to rewatch Going Postal because I've only seen it once. Mm. Um, unlike these and these other two ones, do you think you'll like so maybe it more? Um. I don't think so. I think the acting I just found really odd, and I think a lot of the story elements I found really odd. And what if I end up liking it? I don't know. That'd be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. I mean, maybe I'll like it more on a second watch. Because um, yeah, I think I think, I think, it, think I think it missed the entire point of going postal. Yeah. <laughs> so no, but I think that's what Ducky said uh, when we talked about this like ages ago that it's. Not not a great adaptation, but like fun, a fun watch or something. Well, I don't remember it being fun to watch either. <laughs> um, but maybe that's because I'm I'm bitter. Yeah, and stuff. There's there's always a possibility for that. It's you're too you're too choleric for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just the thing about going postal, the book is sort of about how like kind. It's kind of about like how capitalism yeah. and greed destroys people. It kind of has sure themes. That the, yeah, and I'm not sure this series got that really. <laughs> well, well, the same the, wow. the same director for all of the the Sky film adaptions of Terry Pratchett's works. So. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do they also do Going Postal? Like, is it also the same one? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, the uh, the Color of Magic Wikipedia page says a third adaptation Going Postal followed in 2010 with more planned for the future. <laughs> Oh shit! Uh, fucking. <laughs> well, I don't think so. 
Going postal, <laughs> going postal killed it. I think. I know. I have bad news for 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 you, going postal haters, because going postal was filmed in Budapest. So, oh, uh, that's oh. that's like literally my hometown. So I'm oh, nice. I'm predestined to like it. It's it's you directed can, by someone yeah. else though. This one, going postal, is directed by John Jones. I do love it when I see somewhere that I have been in a piece of media. You know yeah. that like that picture of Leonardo DiCaprio sat up pointing. I do that. Because like at the end of this movie, um, <laughs> Two Flower Departs on the Matthew, which is a ship that I have been on and is in Bristol. Yeah. And I was like, ha Yeah, when part five of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure went to Venice, I was so excited because it was the first time I saw a place in an anime where I've been. <laughs> <laughs> I had that with Game of Thrones when they're in Dubrovnik because I've been to Dubrovnik. But worse is like, <laughs> which is just literally filmed in my hometown slash area. Mm. you're doxing yourself to watch. Uh, fuck. You can edit it <laughs> it's out. It's similar to a Netflix show, a specific Netflix show, which is filmed very close to where I live and involves loads of places which I know don't connect to each other, but it pretends are connected to each other and I hate to see it. Well, it's like uh-huh. in... um. We watched when the oh, the the Philip Pullman, what's his face? When the Dark the Dark Materials thing came out and some of it's filmed in like by the in university cafe that we used to yeah. sit in. Um, and it was just oh, pointing. Yeah. Well, the entire series is just very obviously in Cardiff and they're pretending it's Oxford, but the architecture is completely different and it's like <laughs> the BBC loves to pretend everywhere is Cardiff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Doctor Who, where they sat in like a lecture theatre, and they're like, "Yes, this is in Bristol," and I'm like, "It's no, it's not. I've had lectures there. Stop pretending this <laughs> is like more arty than it is." Well, the BBC just film everything in Cardiff, so that's just how it is. Yeah, I'm from I'm from where Broadchurch was filmed, and like the only relation most people have to know where it is is like, "Oh, where Broadchurch is," and I'm like, "Yeah." So I haven't, seen, I haven't seen it out of pure stubbornness uh, of a child. Yeah, I never watched it. Is the fucking Torchwood statue still up in Cardiff? The Yanto Shrine? Yes. That's the Yanto Shrine, Shrine's yeah. still there, yeah. <laughs> I still can't believe that's real. <laughs> yeah, the Yanto Shrine's been there for years. Every time I go to the bay, I'm like, ah, the Yanto Shrine. There's like two plaques. Um, it's impressive. People still leave like fan art there and stuff. Super Hulok fans shouldn't have this much power on the world. Yeah, I went, when, I, when I went on the uh, the BLM protest in Cardiff, um, there were a lot of people calling for a statue of a can't remember his name, but he's like one of the fir- one of the first black um, British boxing champions or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were calling for a card a statue because he's from Cardiff. He, he was there as well. I was like, it's wild that we have a shrine to a fi- like a dead, <laughs> uh, fictional person, and not to this like important like man in sporting history. <laughs> pretty, pretty weird. Yeah, I mean, it was like a spontaneous thing. The Yanto Shrine. It just it sort of appeared. It's not the it's not the Cardiff City appointed Yanto Shrine. <laughs> yeah, they didn't ask for it. It just sort of happened. <laughs> it's just a thing. I'm gonna... I'm going to build a rinse flower shrine by the Matthew <laughs> oh. in Bristol. <laughs> do you remember Do you remember the Sherlock Lives sticker campaign? Oh my god, what? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, it, it's flashing through my mind now. I think I'd blacked that one out. Yeah, What's that? I know. 
it's just like after that episode in Sherlock where he jumps off the building, there was like some yeah, I don't remember that campaign, which is just like writing Sherlock lives on like buildings Why? and like putting stickers and but he and did. Stuff. I don't. Know. He's alive at the end of that episode. They show him. It's yeah. not a conspiracy theory to put stickers up for. Oh. I guess it was like trying to ape like the Who Killed Amanda Palmer thing, but it's just like weird. Wait, Who Killed Amanda Palmer? <laughs> oh, no. Um, well, it was. So it was Who Killed Laura Palmer was like the Twin yeah. Peaks. Um, yeah. It's just very funny to me that you said Amanda Palmer. <laughs> oh, she's in my head. <laughs> Red free in that brain. Well, because she called her album Who Killed yeah. Amanda Palmer. So. Mm. Uh, right. it's... She was stealing Twin God, Peaks' Is that ballet. the album that had. Um, Yes, that's the one with guitar yeah. on, yes. Great. <laughs> Good. Unfortunately, I have listened to it a few times. <laughs> a lot of youth. people have. Um, I guess we have to cancel you by extension. Please do. Charlotte, I, problematic. I, want, I want the piece, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I was just into the Dresden Dolls because I like sinister music and I like clowns. And so this yeah, is Yeah, I like... can see the appeal of the Dresden Dolls and... Yeah. I listened to like one song and I liked the instruments and I didn't like Amanda Palmer on it. So, yeah, I wish that was me. As all teen girls in <laughs> 2015, listening to Bad Habit and Girl Anachronism over and over again. Um, okay. You just you just end up <gasps> in the Amanda space did, and you have to you have to find your way out of it. Did, did you also listen really to her to, to her like other band that has a had an ableist gimmick? What, um, Evelyn, yeah. Evelyn, no, I did not. <laughs> uh, wait, what, 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 an so ableist gimmick? She, she did a gimmick it, with, like, another... conjoined yeah, twins. <laughs> with oh, another wow. musician where they were conjoined twins, and that was the joke. Oh, or I guess. Um, okay, this is, this is a... Listen, there's so much, there's so much bullshit Amanda history that you have to, like... Yeah learn about we got a sp- to get into the real the real Amanda zone. We've got a spin-off <laughs> podcast where Yarosh and Charlotte explain Amanda Palmer. Amanda Palmer lore. And Amanda Palmer version. <laughs> no, this is just a sub-podcast like, of Do this. you remember the time where she do you remember the time where she like faked her faked a yeah. suicide attempt and then like, uh, say that. did her boyfriend <laughs> reacting to her uh, <laughs> And put it on an album. Song. Yeah, then put it on her album. It's good stuff. We love Amanda it's Palmer. Art. It's like it's all of the like twatish things that um, method actors do when they're when they're method acting, but like she managed to apply it somehow to music. Mm. It's it's sort of weird. I'm kind of almost like glad she exists. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's good to know that she's out there. You know, being awful <laughs> <laughs> gives you something to focus on. Yeah, it's good to have something yeah. to. She she's like a warning sign to everyone who's like ever yeah. been like a theater type art person. To yeah, it's like this is what you can yeah. become, but where? <laughs> I love that we've recorded for like almost two hours, and I think about forty forty percent, fifty percent of that is Amanda Palmer bullshit. It's fine. <laughs> it's just normal for us at this point to do things like this. Yeah, it was a long like rabbit hole we went down in the middle of it but okay. i think it was if, worth if it if no one else has anything else to say about, yeah let's end this um then next week we are reading equal, equal rights, rights i believe equal rights first half of equal rights pretty good book big fan mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. one that's yeah. the first Randy one i ever read the first one i ever read yeah. so it'll be interesting going back to it i'm just thinking about small gods and how much like 
religious I'm so excited for that when we have that book because <laughs> that was like be... actually one of my first one of the first ones i read like the first one was moving pictures but i might have read small god second mm, it's a good one to like read early it's the one i always try and give people if yeah because you don't need context <laughs> <laughs> okay then i'm bringing it to the close yeah so that was our extremely fragmentary discussion <laughs> of the color of magic sky tv adaption mm-hmm. We'll see you next week. Um, we hope you're well. Catch our other podcasts on our podcast network. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we need to put in now. like a bumper that's, that's like, you, you got to do your spoiler zone voice and say that this is a production of uh, good episode production. Spoiler zone. So, and this is a good episode production. Perfect. It's fine. <laughs> see, mm-hmm. okay, see you next time. So- See you next week. And Rinse, rinse, Bob fuck. Strong in the arms, your uncle. Beyond strong. Stan rinse flower. My uncle. Uh, Stan rinse flower. Yeah. Yeah. Rinse Stan rinse flower. Uh, stay groovy. Stay groovy. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Staring out through ancient eyes, out of listening to a good episode productions network podcast see the website for more details